0: So good morning once again. I know who that was, and thank you. You're insecure. Don't don't know what for. You're turning heads when you walk through the door.. Oh, don't need makeup to cover up. Being the way that you are is enough. Everyone else in the room can see it. Everyone else but you. Come on, people are going to have to start joining in. Baby, you light up my world like nobody else. The way that you flip your hair gets me overwhelmed. But when you smile at the ground, it ain't hard to tell. You don't know. Oh, oh. You don't know you're beautiful. That's if Jack Kerouac did One Direction. So that song right there, which, thank you, a little applause from the back. That song, which is now going to be in all of your heads, uh, and you're welcome for that. It has been going through mine since Tuesday when we started talking about this topic. The song is one of my sons, uh, and I can admit this, um, favorite songs. That's right, my seven-year-old son. Big One Direction fan, loves him some One Direction, loves Harry. The fact that I know the name of one of the guys in One Direction should tell you that someone in my family likes this group. Um, and so we have heard this song over and over and over again. Thankfully, One Direction came out with a new CD, so we've shifted gears into some of their later, their sophomore work, if you will. But this song, You Don't Know You're Beautiful, is something that really started popping in my head. Uh, This week as we began to talk about today's topic recently, I've run into a few different people who fit this song. And mainly it's teenage girls. I've run into um, one an intensely personal relationship in my family. Another somebody I spent a lot of time with over the past month. And then some others of people who are just coming to me as a pastor for advice. And the thing about it is, is these girls don't know that they're beautiful. They don't know. They, ha- they see what the world thinks is beautiful. You see the image that is, is played out by Madison Avenue and, and all the different places. If you want to be beautiful, this is how you should look. You know, uh, the Dove campaign, such a brilliantly wonderful campaign. There's one uh, about curls recently that I've seen, too. These girls who are, who are, are sad for their curly hair. We, we beat into submission these, these young women saying, this is how you should look. This is how you should look. If you don't look this way, you're not beautiful. Let's be honest, guys. We have some of the same things coming at us. Like if you put Daniel Zunker and myself up here, who would you say is more beautiful? Dude, Daniel Zunker all day long, right? Dude's like ripped. Sub DZ. We have these same tendencies. And and what we do because the world is telling us this is how you should look, this is how you should look, this is how you should look. And if we don't look that way, you know, when we get older, sometimes we're just like, it is what it is. But when you're younger, you still have this mentality. Oh, well, why don't I look that way? Some of these girls who fall into this trap of not knowing they're beautiful end up doing things to hurt themselves. Horrendous things. It just makes my heart hurt to think that any child of God would be sitting in a dark room by themselves thinking, I am not beautiful and so I'm going to cut myself. There's a ministry called To Write Love on Her Arms that was started by um, some guys that Daryl and I, a long time ago, uh, got to hear talk. And, and it was this girl who didn't know she was beautiful and the world had beat her down into this understanding of what beauty was and she didn't conform to it. And so she was spinning and lost in her world and she began, it, she began to cut and she began to get into drugs and her life was just about to go down. And her friends said, no, 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 this isn't going to happen. We are going to sit with you as long as it takes for you to understand that you are indeed beautiful. And so a group of friends would rotate through her apartment and sit up all night long and be with her and be with her and be with her and remind her, no, 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 you're beautiful. You're a daughter of God. And they created this ministry to write love on her arms because she would write things in her arms that I can't repeat from the stage. And what they wanted to replace it with was the word love. To know that they are loved. To know that they are beautiful. How many of us so often need to hear those things? You're loved. You're beautiful. On Mount Sinai, the people of Israel have come out from Egypt. God has delivered them from slavery, and he's he's moving them into freedom and beginning to teach who they are. He's beginning to reshape their identity. For 400 years, they've understood themselves as slaves. They've understood their entire nation as someone who bowed down to someone else. You have no rights. You have no freedom. You're nothing. And then God removes them from that. And begins to reshape their identity. And he gets to Mount Sinai. And here's something amazing happens. What happens on Mount Sinai? What what, what are the people of Israel given on Mount Sinai? Ten Commandments. A few weeks ago, I sat on the top of it. Mount Sinai. There isn't an actual Mount Sinai. But I saw it on the top of this mountain. And by the way... When it takes you four hours to get to the top, you can claim it as whatever mountain you want to. Amen, right? So I sit up there and I hear it's not just the Ten Commandments that were given. No, 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 no. A wedding is taking place. Beautiful marriage contract. We're the bride, God, the groom. So what happens is this. In any Jewish wedding, you would have a few things. You would have a covering. You would have a chuppah. You would have this thing that is, um, is you know, sometimes it's a family heirloom. It's been knit by, you know, Nana a, a long time ago, and, and it has different names on it, and there's four little posts, and they would hold it above the bride and the groom. Uh, before the bride comes in, she would go through a, a mikvah, ritualistic clean, cleansing, um, The the the, uh, the groom, would create this um, marriage contract. It was called a ketubah. Um, Say ketubah. Thank you. Now you say ketubah. All right, y'all are pretty, but you're not getting it. Um, so, So this ketubah, this marriage contract that you have, and then they would go through the whole ceremony. We've talked in here about the um, the engagement process and how that looks and how it comes through in communion, which is awesome. But this was a new teaching for me as I sat on the top of the mountain, this connection between the Ten Commandments and the marriage. Because when I think Ten Commandments, I think, um, one, Charlton Heston, right? That's where you first go there. Um, but then I, I think this, like these laws, these stone tablets that are almost cold um and, and and you i just think it's the laws of god this is how you set things out and it was what the rabbis debated what's the greatest commandment and, and they kind of narrow things down and i've never seen it as as a marriage as a love story On mount sinai what covers them big cloud This big cloud comes over god says hey before you come up to the mountain, before you get here, you need to all go take a bath. You need to get ritualistically cleaned. You need to go mikvah. You're the bride. This is what brides do. Go take care of your business. Then the cloud shows up. This hoopah, this great gigantic hoopah, shows up and it covers the entire nation of Israel. It's setting up this scene for a marriage. And then God lays out the ketubah. He lays out this marriage contract. When Moses goes to the top, he says, here's the contract between the two of us. The first few are about thou shalt have no other God but me. When you're in a marriage, it's like just the two of you, right? I mean, that's kind of, it should be step one in a marriage. It is just you two for the rest of the marriage. So it makes sense. God opens with this. It's just the two of us now. Just the two of us from here on out because I love you so much. Don't take my name in vain because it's your name. It's your name now. You're coming into my family. Don't take it in vain. Remember the power of the family that you're becoming one with. All right? It talks about um, don't commit adultery. I shouldn't have to spell that out for you, right? Duh. It's not good in a marriage. Of course not. I, I love... Um, the Sabbath, it's like really the fourth commandment. You know, it's every week. Let's just take a day off and be together. Have you ever thought about it that way? I, I've never looked at it that way. I've looked at the Sabbath a lot, and I really like the Sabbath, and I, and, I, and I respect the Sabbath. And I see that when God created things, then he like was like, whew. Let's take a break. Take a good day off, right? He's like, if it's good for me, it's good for you. Let's do this. He sets it into motion. It's the commandment that has the most written about it, so it should be important to us. But I've never seen it from a husband and wife standpoint. Hey, once a week, let's just hang out together. Let's not worry about the things that we have to do. Let's not get through the list. Well, you have to do this. You have to do this. You have to do this. It's not a honey-do day. It's not a day to discuss the trials and tribulations of the kids. It's a day just to be together. When you begin to think of it in that light with God, how awesome is that? Hey, God's just like, hey, 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 hey. Want to hang out? Just one day a week, man. Let's just chill together. God today told me, he goes, hey, Michael. Michael. Let's watch the masters together later. Just, uh, it was almost audible. It was one of those moments, you know. So, uh, not much I can do about it. Uh, okay. I'm going to have to do that later. Um, so, so you have this picture of, of, of this wedding, this thing that's going on between God and his people. It's like, look, I'm not setting up this religion. I'm setting up this relationship. I'm setting up this way of interacting with me for you to be able to feel my love. So what happens? So the first time when Moses goes up on the mountain and he receives this marriage contract, he comes down. And what's going on? Adultery. Adultery. Already God is trying to marry his people and he comes down the mountain and they have gone just crazy Making little golden calves. Worshipping things. They have no idea what's going on. Moses has been gone for a while. They've been in slavery. They're like, we don't know what to do. Moses gets angry. God gets angry. We have a little banter back and forth. Some things going on. Moses finally convinces God. He goes back up the mountain. Marriage contract comes again. I love it. The first time God, if you remember, writes the contract. <laughs> Second time, who writes it? Moses. It's more personal. Now it's on us. We're writing it. And he comes back down in chapter 34, verse 29. It says this. When Moses came down Mount Sinai, carrying the two stone, two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant, he wasn't aware that his face had become radiant because he had spoken to the Lord. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When Moses comes down the second time and he has this marriage contract again, his face is glowing. So much so, the, ne- the next verse says the people get freaked out and they fall to their face. And so, we don't know how long that Moses' face was glowing, but every time he went in to speak with the Lord and he'd come back out, it was glowing. He would talk to the people, tell them what the Lord said, then he put a veil on. <sighs> Cover the glow. Until it's time to go back into the tent and meet with God. So you have Moses coming down. I want you to picture this. August 12th, 2000. It was a great day. Some of you were there. It was down the hall in this room, in the sanctuary. I had known this girl for less than a year, a week less than a year. I'd met her in this room. I'd seen her across a crowded room. People were pointing out some redheaded teacher. I'm like, no, 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 no. Who's that girl? Oh, it'll never work. No. That, no. You just should leave her alone. She's too sweet and too nice for you. Which is true. But I'm stubborn. And so we're introduced, and I'm like, hey, you don't have a job, you're a substitute teacher. Would you like to sub for me? You uh, fifth grade at Windcrest so I can go shoot some birds. I have a little dove-itis coming on, opening day of dove season. I always got sick for some reason. Um, and, uh, and so she subbed for me. And then I kept pursuing her. And, and her parents would go, don't you want to ask Michael out for lunch? She's like, no. And I'd be like, hey, how you doing? Kept pursuing her, kept pursuing her. And, and finally, because you can't resist this forever... Again, thank you. actually, she had gone to Israel during this time, and I think it was when she was in Israel that God said he 's the one, um, but uh, actually she came back, and she wasn 't too sure about our relationship to be quite honest with you, um, and so I had to keep getting there a little bit harder and go no it 's me it 's me um, and uh, it 's very awkward. We uh, go over to daryl and stacy 's house. Stacy was pregnant with twins, and we're like see let 's get married um, and and so uh, and so we eventually I, I get the nerve up to ask her to marry me and um, and we do it in the prayer chapel. We uh, ask her there and then all of my family and her family and friends were in the garden chapel. And we went over and Daryl played a couple of songs and we prayed and stuff. And funny thing was, my dad thought she had said no because we took so long in the prayer chapel. He's like, son, I was getting worried like to lie to you. I was losing some faith in you um, but it's exciting. And so we move and then somebody um, I really feel really bad for these people, but somebody broke up um, and they had the, the, the church scheduled for August, uh, August 12th, 2000. And they're no longer together. Um, and I feel really bad for that. But then we got that date. Uh, I was like, yay! Uh, and so uh, we four months uh, of planning. We come to the big day, and Jenna's a firm believer in not seeing the groom before the appointed day and time. And, um, but our wedding was late, and her mother's a firm believer in keeping things rolling. Um, and so we, took the, we wanted to take the pictures beforehand. And, um, and so Jenna and I had this moment. I believe, I claim that was the first time that this church has ever done it. It's been done all the time since then, a lot. I went to the front of the sanctuary. Stood right outside the area, as the grooms do. There's no one in the room. Just me. This is before everybody got here, before the the bridesmaids were being bridesmaids and all that stuff. And they're doing it somewhere else. And um, so I'm in the room. And you've been in there. If you've been in there, it's a long aisle. I had recently gotten glasses because my eyes had failed me. But Jenna wouldn't let me wear them on the day of our wedding should have seen things coming then huh and so i didn't have my glasses on um, but then this white blob really cuz it was so far away it was it was, it was a white a white spot um, comes behind those doors that are all the way down there in these glass you know there're those glass panes different glass pane doors and, and and there they are and um and and then the door's open and i see her she's like oh man. That's my wife. That's my wife. She said yes. No one thought she would, but she did. And she walks down the aisle. And if you know my wife, you know that she's a very giddy person naturally. She's just like this and smiling and kind of bouncing down. And I don't think she walked the entire way. I think she kind of started speeding up a little bit. Because once again, um, I will forever... Remember the look on her face. I will forever remember that moment. It be 15 years ago in August. What an amazingly glorious moment that was. When Moses is coming down, he has just walked down the aisle to the groom God. When he's coming down, his face is glowing because what just happened? That moment in the sanctuary just happened for him. He's coming down going, oh my gosh, I just got married to the best guy ever. This is what she told all of her friends. His face was glowing because the moment of love and that connection was so Amazing. I need the girls who don't know they're beautiful to feel that way. I need for those of us who know about the love of God to tell them, no, 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 no. no. Oh, you are beautiful. Your face radiates and shines because you are a bride of God. You don't know you're beautiful. Let me tell you how you are beautiful. These girls, these people, these guys, whoever it is who sits in a room by themselves and questions who they are and questions what they have to offer the world and questions. They need to hear the answer. They need to understand how beautiful indeed they are. They walk in a room and they're beautiful because of him. Because of that marriage contract that he made with us. Because of the gift of life that he gave us when he gave his own. As sons and daughters of God. As his bride. And look, we're throwing around these things and it's weird. It's a dualistic mind. Deal with it. That's how God rolls, right? He is both God and man. Whoa. We need to be aware of the love of God that dwells inside of us. We need to be aware the love of God that dwells in these little girls and these boys. Those of us who know, those of us who have that glow. Now, I get that Moses was dealing with other stuff, dealing with other things. But I don't think we should ever put a veil on it any longer. Because the curtain was torn. And that light is shining out. Those of us who know have a responsibility to point others. No, 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 no. Let me tell you how much you are loved. Let me tell you how beautiful you are. Let me tell you about a love story that involves you. So that never again will we ever hear the song, You Don't Know You're Beautiful. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you. I thank you and praise you, God, for these people in this room. I thank you for the fact that you have taken all of us as your very own. I thank you for that love story that you began with your people Israel, that you continue with us. I pray, Lord, that if there are any in this room who don't know that they are loved, who don't know that they are beautiful, that you would make it painfully aware to them. That you would make it very clear that they are indeed loved and beautiful. I pray for those of us who know that truth. That we would not cover it. That we would not put a shade on it. But we would open ourselves up so that others may know indeed how beautiful they are because of you. God, we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to uh, to give the typical blessing that we do um, each Sunday. And so if you would like to leave, you're more than welcome to do so. If you're not a part of the New Heights family and you're like, I don't need to meet in a family meeting, or if you just want to go, uh, we will be taking names um, for those who leave. Uh, and, you know, uh, just deal with that. I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, and then we are going to enter into uh, this this meeting. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you, lift his countenance unto you, and give you peace. Amen. You want to play a little music, a little traveling music, just in case? Wow, you spilled water everywhere. Debbie. Debbie's going to have a mic. Debbie, it's over here. Debbie, it's right here. That's great. It's over. Shouldn't have let him go. Kudos to the left wing. I told him Dan. it should be up t- tonight or tomorrow yeah i think tomorrow at the latest absolutely thank you no oh, yeah was... i forgot to ask her if i could say it i oh, would have all right hey if you're leaving be quiet because some of us are staying ah oh. and be blessed and be blessed I've already blessed him. Not send him with peace. Now be peaceful. Quiet but blessed. Good girl. All right. So, um, a quick thing about the family picnic and uh, and. That.